I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode four of Ups and Downs for Discovery. I am Sean Ferrick. At this stage, you know what's going to happen. We're going to go through the episode. We're going to go through all the little plot points here or there. We're going to give the things that we liked an up. And we're going to give the things that we didn't like a down. This week, there's a little bit of a mix. Okay, so there's... Yeah, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. But for now, welcome to Starter Discovery Season 3, Episode 4, Forget-Me-Not. We start the episode this week by jumping straight into something that's been actually missing, I feel, from Star Trek for a while, which is, it's a log entry, and it's first medical log entry that we've had, and it's Dr. Culber. Wilson Cruz plays a blinder this week. He's absolutely brilliant because he's kind of the one that they're all looking toward this week. He's been through a big change in his life, at life, but also, he is able to guide the crew just a little bit through this massive traumatic event that they go through. So the very first up that I have for this episode is actually just his log entry. And the reason behind that is that there is an awareness there. We've come to, you know, we've got over the shock of arriving in the 31st century. We've got over the panic of crash landings and finding each other again. There was the emotional reunion last week. So this week is the first where you could say maybe business as usual a little bit. They have a mission that they have to go and do. They had a mission last week, but they were still reeling from Burnham is back and they're all friends again and they're all together. This week, they're going to Trill. So we kind of have our planet of the week thing. But everyone has now calmed down enough to start feeling, oh God, everything is different. We've seen a little bit of Kayla Detmer over the last few episodes. She has obviously been really struggling. Now, not an awful lot has been said, but there's been a lot of lingering camera angles. Will that be addressed in this episode? Who knows? But also you have Tilly, Stamets, and even Saru to a certain extent are all struggling. And you have Culber who is, because of what he's been through, he recognizes these signs in people. He recognizes the kind of damage that they've gone through. And in this first log entry, he is able to put a pin in it straight away. 
He goes, these people need help not just physically. So that's the first up of the episode for me. Just before then that we kick into the opening credits, they speak to Adira. We've established the fact now that Adira is a joined human and trill symbiont. We know that Adira's symbiont is the one who sent the message, Senatal. So there is knowledge there. Now last week I gave it down to what I felt was a bit of a forced plot device, which was so Adira can't access the memories of the symbiont. Hmm. I might be taking that one back this week. They're going to go to Trill because Adira needs help. So we're going to get our first visit to the surface of a legacy world this week. So the entire opening scene, very, very good and up for Culber's medical log and just a strong start to the episode. When they arrive at Trill, thanks to the spore drive, before we go down to the surface, Saru, who is, I suppose, struggling a little bit with the responsibility of being captain. There's something about serving in a time of high emotion and in a time of high adrenaline, as opposed to the day-to-day -day serving as captain. Saru is responsible for the people under his command. The people that we see increasingly over the course of this episode are very, very, very much struggling with their situation. Now you have some who are dealing with it better than others and there's a, a couple of nice shots of Reese and Bryce who look like they're gonna be potentially an O'Brien Bashir. I know it's very early days to say that, but there does seem to be a nice kind of bromance, if you like, kicking together there. You have Nilsson who, after the slip up last week of giving her a line, has just sort of been on camera again this week. So come on, the writers, give us a bit more of Nilsson. But uh, of course, all eyes, audience alike, is gonna be on Detmer. There is something coming here. But before that, we go down to the Spore Bay and Saru quite correctly asks Stamets, okay, we need to come up with something else to pilot this Spore Drive. We need to come up with another way of you know, relying on the spore drive as opposed to a human interface. And that's that's an issue. Now Stamets is a little bit season one Stamets here. He sort of snaps and goes, I was looking at this for 10 years before we came up with the tardigrade and, you know, sort of, I've checked this already. You get what you're getting. Tilly comes up with an idea of using dark matter as a relay. And Stamets very cruelly tells her to stop wasting his time. We get down to the surface of Trill after there's a conversation between Culber and Burnham. Now, this conversation gets an up from me and it's from what Culber says. So if you're counting, that's two ups for this episode already and they're both to do with Culber. Culber calls Burnham a responsibility hoarder. And I think it's a gentle little play on some of the criticisms that the show has gotten, which is Burnham does everything, put a pin in that, coming back to that in a moment. But also the character of Michael Burnham is that she has to help, she has to lead, she has to be out in front. And in this episode, she actually asks Colbert, why me? Why must I go with Adira to Trill? And he quite correctly says, she has adapted because she's had more time to this new time, to this new way of doing things. And Adira could kind of use that strength right now. Again, this is Culber saying, 
the rest of the crew are not in a position to do this, but you are, Michael, so I'm afraid it falls on you. And I like that that was their way of getting Burnham down to the planet with Adira. When they get to the planet, this scene is getting it down from me because the trill, they just flip-flop in this episode. Okay, and I, I, I guess I'm gonna be harsh here for a second because initial scene, welcome my friends, welcome to Trill. Scene two, you're an aberration, get off our rock. It's like, wait, what? The Trill, after a thousand years, now, I know about the burn. They talk about the burn decimating their civilization. That's very bad. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, obviously. But they've never experimented with mixing with other races. It seems very xenophobic for a race that was, for a time, a member of the Federation. And if they have regressed, if they have pulled in and closed their borders, okay. But then why were they so happy to see Discovery? So it doesn't really make sense that they would have such a a violent reaction to the idea of Adira being joined. And they're then their first thought is to send Adira away with the symbiont. That one didn't sit right with me. That's why that gets it down. And included in that down is they go from sending them away to murderous. Big ceremonial spears. I mean, the Vulcans of Amok time would be proud. And they're coming after Adira and Burnham as if they're going to chop them to bits and take out the symbiont. Or you could just have a conversation coming at me with a big bloody axe thing. I didn't like that. It didn't really make sense. It was quite rushed. When they do get to the Makara Caves, okay, things get a little bit saner. Things get a little bit better and Adira is gonna get into the pool. Now we've seen these pools before. We saw them in DS9, which is where we have most of our Trill knowledge from, is Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Now I mentioned last week, of course, Odan and Riker, which again, I don't know why the Trill aren't remembering that. Whatever about Discovery, obviously not having knowledge of Odan and Riker, why would they? The Trill people certainly would, but anyway, so, they realize, the keepers of the caves realize that Adira just needs to overcome this block. They realize it's Adira's issue that the symbiont is perfectly fine. So Adira will be immersed into the pool and all will be well. <sighs> Put a pin in that, I'm coming back to it. Here's one of the things I really, really liked about this episode, all right? Saru is in his quarters and in walks Culber. Get ready for this, because this is going to be the third up, and it's going to be to do with Culber. Hugh Culber, Wilson Cruz, he is the MVP of this episode. He completely dominates this episode. He's so calm, so collected. He knows what the crew needs. He might not specifically know that it's a, a night out, or he might not specifically know that it's a dinner, but what he does know is that what is going on with the crew needs to be addressed. He knows this as a physician, he knows this as a person. He's able to talk to Saru, which is nice. Star Trek has, for many, many years, had a great relationship between doctors and captains. You had McCoy and you had Kirk. You had, to a lesser extent, you had Phlox and Archer, but to a very strong extent, you had Crusher and Picard. 
So it does work when you take the doctor and the captain because the doctor is really one of the only members of the crew that the captain can speak to as an equal. Pins all over this episode, so put a pin in that one, cause I'm coming back to that one. But just to recap, that was an up for Culber as a whole in this episode. Every scene that Wilson Cruz is in, in this episode, he absolutely nails it. He is the MVP of the week. Saru is then left standing in his quarters and he is asking the computer what to do, basically. Now we've seen something like this before. We've seen him address the computer and ask for a rundown of the best strategists in the Federation. That's when we got Robert April was called out on screen for the first time since the animated series. And we had Lorca, we had Giorgio, and we had Pike. Now, but this episode, and I'm already starting to smile, this episode does something different and it does something brilliant and it does something that we've been waiting a while to see. End of season two, the Discovery raised its shields to stop itself from being destroyed, indicating that it had become self-aware thanks to the interface with the sphere data. The sphere data gets a voice this week and Annabelle Wallace returns. Zora, although she's not named in this episode, Zora is back. Now, you'll remember from Short Tricks, episode two, I think it was episode two, Calypso, which is easily the strongest of the Short Tricks. Zora is Discovery. Discovery is Zora but the sphere and the computer have merged together. And straight away here in Annabelle Wallace's just lovely voice, she's able to advise Saru that the crew needs r and I'm gonna go ahead and just call her Zora from here on out, unless we hear different. This is Zora noticing straight away that the human components of Discovery, they need maintenance every bit as much as the mechanical parts of Discovery. So, she advises, take the night off, take a break. That's a great idea. I love this scene so much up. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Back down on the planet, we have Adira in the pool. There is a magical MacGuffin that will go cracky-boo 
if there's a problem with the process, which of course there is, this is Star Trek. Adira gets sucked down into the pool and for reasons that make absolutely no sense, if you think about them for more than a second, Burnham is the only one who can get into that pool and help Adira down, down. Okay, so Burnham is the one who had to come back from a big loss. Great, fine, absolutely fine. Burnham is a human, so is Adira. Okay, that's fine. What? But why then would Burnham get into the Makara pool with Adira when she would have absolutely no idea what she's meant to do? I don't like this. This is the problem when you kind of give your main character too much to do, too much responsibility, responsibility hoarder, like the line, very apt. It, it's, it's forced. Getting her into that pool, there was other ways they could have done that because it was all to have Adira obviously go on this memory quest. Totally fine, nothing wrong with that. Could have been handled another way, didn't have to be handled with Burnham getting into this sacred trill pool, which is now just apparently take a ticket and in you get. Mm, down. That scene when they're down in the memory pool, that to me, visually beautiful, absolutely stunning. Again, Discovery knocking it out of the park week after week after week with the look of the show. It's great. But. Who else knew that the second that box opened, we were gonna to cut to black? The only thing that would have made it even more obvious is if they opened it up, there was a gold light shining in their face and it would have been Marcellus Wallace's soul. I'm gonna hold off giving it a down, even though it was forced, it was, it was necessary. But what I did like in this scene is I liked our introduction to Grey. Ian Alexander, we've known Ian Alexander is gonna be joining the show since they were announced earlier this year and finally the mystery of who Grey is has been revealed. Grey was the previous host of the Tal Symbiont. Great! Grey and Adira had a relationship. Also great, they're really really sweet together, it's a really lovely scene. Whoever was piloting the ship that they were on, eh. Asteroid just comes out of nowhere? This isn't the Titanic. How does this happen? Surely there's deflector shields. And also, okay, no, I am. I'm, I'm going into a down with this scene because we've seen Stamets take a seven inch shard of dark matter to the chest. We've seen people being smushed and then stretched back out again. But a piece of glass kills Grey? It was forced, again, kill the character, totally fine with Grey being the previous host, but in a show that has you know, it has bumped off characters in much more gruesome ways than this. And yes, I've given out about the gruesomeness, but there is also a sort of a, a sense to this. A little bit of glass in there. Dunno, dunno, feels a bit forced. So that is a down for me. Gray's introduction, oh, sorry, gets a down from me. Back up on board Discovery, Saru has come up with a very novel way of getting his closest working crew together and it's to have a lovely dinner. And it's really nice. I think I spotted mac and cheese in there at one point. Maybe maybe our American friends could just let me know about that. Um, I am aware of mac and cheese. I believe it is the adding of mac to cheese. Giorgio is set dressing in this scene, but that's not a criticism. She is... She delivers jokes at a kind of a good pace. So I'm okay with Giorgio this week. 
Detmer kind of comes out of nowhere a little bit. Not a criticism though, not a criticism. So they, they do this haiku riddle, everyone has a go. It's, it's quite a sweet scene. People are getting on, it's nice. And then Detmer, she's unable to contain it any longer. And it's a really, really powerful scene. She directs her rage, and it is rage, you can feel it coming through, at Stamets. And I like that. Stamets does kind of walk around as though, oh, I have to do everything. I have to pilot the spore drive. I am the only one with issues. Tilly, in the same scene, does turn around and say, they are not the only ones with monopoly on pain. Detmer, which I quite like, manages to kind of call out the fact that yes, Stamets has a very important job, but so does she. They are both pilots. They are both responsible for getting people where they need to go. And Detmer, very, very recently, was responsible for landing Discovery. And landing is a very, very generous term for what happened to that ship. The dinner, unfortunately, sort of dissolves into nearly a slanging match, nearly. It doesn't get that far, but it does end up with people walking out the room. Stamets leaves first. Culber follows to make sure he's okay. Detmer goes, Owesukon, who I really wanted to get more to do, but I do like that there is very much uh, a closeness between her and Detmer. She follows Kayla. Giorgio takes the wine, brilliant. Then Tilly comes back in, and so does Stamets. This is where the scene is completed in terms of it could have just been, oh, okay, well, they had a big fight and that was the end of that, but it's not, it comes back up again. Tilly comes back in and says, well, don't worry, that was just a Tuesday at my family's house, which I love. Stamets comes back in and he realizes. And that's what this scene was about. People had to let it out. People had to snap. They had to release this anger that was inside because the anger isn't directed at any one. It's at everything. It's at their situation. It's at where they are. It's at when they are. They're upset. They're grieving. Nobody's pain is worth any more than any other. The resolution of all of that scene, that to me really, really works. So very, very strong scene. Very, very necessary scene. Back down on the planet. And yes, I am starting to feel like, uh, okay, we're back down on Trill now. Despite how much I'm enjoying Adira, despite how much I like Grey. So, Burnham gets to meet the previous hosts of the Tal Symbiont. That itself I'm totally fine with. Just don't love how they did it. You know, we had, we're in the pool, we had the my previous issue with Burnham, which I've already said. Psychic Link. I'll avoid giving it a down, but don't do that again. My final down of the episode, and I realize there's probably more downs in this episode than any other, but my final down of the episode is they go from Adira get off our planet, Adira let us chop you up and take your symbiont, to help us Adira, you're my only hope. It's just bonkers. Make up your minds. And that it annoyed me. It annoyed me because it took me out of the episode because I was literally going, uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh huh. Right, okay. Never try and get a straight answer from a trill. Did very much like how Adira's character blossomed at the very end of the episode. Again, Jeff Russo, stunning. Love the music that plays over the scenes. And I love the inclusion of the cello. Very, very beautiful. I am totally on board 
with Grey existing. If Grey simply exists in Adira's consciousness, that's fine. We've seen that before with Duran Dax back in DS9. So I'm totally okay, even if it was a new idea. It's nice because I also wasn't ready to say goodbye to Ian Alexander. I do like that we know where the Federation is. I do have an issue, but I will hold off with that one until next week. And we're gonna finish with my last up of the episode, okay? And this is a very, very significant up for me because I love, I love that scene in the shuttle bay. I love that we get the projection back that we saw before in Calypso. I love that they're watching Buster Keaton, which is great. I love the fact that nobody in the Star Trek universe has access to, you know, Disney films or, or I was gonna say oddly enough, Paramount. I'll have to do my homework on that one. But it's, it's, it's very, very fun. The whole crew is there. Some are laughing a little too hard and going for extras award of the year. Giorgio and Linus, they have a little bit of a, a little bit of a moment, which is quite cute all together. And Culber and Saru finish the episode together. Saru lets Culber know about, again, gonna call her Zora. And the episode finishes. It's very, very lovely. I always, always worry in scenes in the shuttle bay. God, I hope that force field is at full strength the whole time. Because like one circuit blows, the entire crew is dead. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.